0: Hi. My name is Molly Schulte Tucker and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to the season of Epiphany the time between the 12 days of Christmas and the beginning of Lent, which takes us to Easter Sunday. In this time period in January and February, we learn about the ministry of Jesus and the light that He brings into the world. At Ridgewood, we are in a worship series called The Stories of Jesus, named in part from the song called Tell Me the Stories of Jesus, a hymn that you may have grown up on or may be new to you, I shared my favorite story of Jesus on Sunday, January 14th, but then I need your help. Between when you are hearing this and February 11th of 2024, tell me your favorite story of Jesus. Tell me why is it your favorite? What challenges you? Where do you see yourself? How does it give you hope? How does it give you pause? I'd love to hear from you either on our Facebook page through Facebook Messenger, which is facebook.com slash Ridgewood Baptist Church, or by email, my email is molly, M-O-L-L-Y at ridgewoodlouisville.org, or on a Sunday morning before or after worship. What story of Jesus have you written on your heart?
1: And I think it communicates to us that if the Son of God, the Savior of our world, was part of community, I think he models that we are meant to live in community, in communion with other people. That community is the community that supports us when we're struggling. That community wraps us with love and sends us food when we're grieving, or they're just there to listen. To experience the fullness of life, I believe it's to be in community and to give of ourselves to others, to be vulnerable, to be a friend, to be a support system. And that's part of why you're here this morning. It's why you're a part of a church family, to be in community with others, to be in relationship, to help support others, to receive support, to be part of a small group, to be part of a church family. And it's obvious that in our text, Martha and Mary are hurting. They both go to Jesus and they say the same thing. First, it was Martha, Lord. You had been here, my brother would not have died. And then it was Mary. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Being in relationship with people means there's potential for hurt, pain, and for loss. Especially leads to. Death. And that's where we arrive at the second version of Jesus I want to highlight, breathing Jesus. We have all lost someone in our life. We've all experienced loss of some form. Maybe it was a close friend. Maybe it was a family member. We know someone that was in our life, but is no longer because of death and that hurts. Sure, time can help in some ways, but it still hurts. And there's something missing in our life, and that's that person or persons. And the best way I can usually describe it is that there's a small hole where, where that person was. My first experience was death, with death was in seventh grade. His name was Jacob. He died of leukemia. I was his honorary pallbearer at his funeral. Jacob was outgoing. He was funny. He was smart. He was athletic. He was a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I was a Cincinnati Red fan, so we always got into arguments. But he had such a bright future. Side note, he, uh, he stayed the night at my house one time, and at my parents' house, uh, they had this toilet that made this really loud noise when you flushed it, like it was obnoxiously loud, but I just didn't notice it anymore, but one day, he woke up the next day, my mom had made a cinnamon rolls, and somebody had flushed the toilet, and it was really, really loud, and he's like, maybe we should feed it a cinnamon roll, and that would quiet it, but (laughs) he was funny, right, so he was too young to die, and it wasn't fair, and it hurt. Death hurts, and it causes all these feelings and emotions within us. And sometimes they're good and sometimes humorous and sometimes dark and difficult and uncomfortable and sometimes sad and numbing. But the one thing that Jesus teaches us and one thing we must do is to acknowledge death and to grieve. Verse 35 says that Jesus began to weep. It's a short verse, The shortest in scripture in RSV says Jesus began to weep, but other translations simply say Jesus wept. We don't know how long. It seems quick, but in reality, we don't actually know how long he was weeping. But we know that he wept for his friend. He loved his friend. He saw Martha and Mary were weeping and mourning, and the community that was grieving outside of the tomb, and Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit. Scripture says after Jesus wept, he was greatly disturbed in spirit. 33 and 38, both those verses say Jesus was greatly disturbed. He was completely with them in their pain and their loss, and he was moved. There's a third grade student at my school um, named Jay, and I'm not giving you their real names, and but uh, my students names for the to help protect their identity but jay is a third grade student and she is the sweetest student she is always willing to help other students in need she follows the expectations she's thoughtful and she's caring now i teach fifth grade but i get to spend uh, lunch time with her class often and her classmates and she has made me pictures before little drawings and she i think likes me better than some of my fifth grade students because they're with me every day and she just gets to see me come in for lunch and but she has made me little drawings. She's chosen to spend her wellness time with me, which is a fancy word for free time. But recently, um, she was given a lock. Most third graders do not have locks for their lockers, but she was dependable and responsible. And when I came to cl- her class during lunch, she came over to me and she said, Mr. Woodburn, I, ha- I have a lock now for a locker. And I said, that's awesome. How did you get the lock? And she said that uh, she earned it because she's being responsible. And so, like I said, not all third graders uh, get earn it. Well, a little over a year ago, Jay's dad had died. You know, third grader growing up without a father around. Then a month ago, her mom had died. She's in third grade and both parents are dead. Death is all around. And then there's another student, her name is Kay. Kay is in my fifth grade class. Kay is kind and she is caring. She will help anyone that needs help. She is constantly complimenting other students she's just a thoughtful human. Well, my birthday is November 9th, and I had told the students when my birthday was, and Kay asked if she could come talk to me in private. I said, of course. So she comes over to my desk, and I said, what's up? And she says, you know how you told the class your birthday is November 9th? And I said, yes. And she said, well, my mom's birthday is November 10th. And then she goes on to tell me that her mom had died. I said, I'm so sorry, Kay. And she said, it's okay. And she went back and sat down, and there are days, and I'm just wondering how that affects Death is all around us. And Jesus models for us that when death happens, it is followed by grieving. Jesus wept. We weep. These stories of students and other stories that are happening in your lives, they disturb our spirit. I don't know what you're going through or what you've gone through, but I invite you to take a moment to just acknowledge where you have experienced loss. That might be the loss of a job of a family member, a loved one, a beloved pet, a relationship. It might be a strained relationship with a parent or child. I just want to invite you to take a moment to acknowledge. to life-giving Jesus. and Jesus gives us hope that even in death, there is life. Jesus walks up to the tomb, the cave, where Lazarus is buried. In verses 39-41, through 41, Jesus says, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus goes on to pray, Father, I thank you for having heard me, I know you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Jesus calls Lazarus by name, notice the author said the dead man, but Jesus calls Lazarus by name. That's the life-giving hope in Jesus Christ, a Savior who mourns and weeps, is greatly disturbed in spirit, lives amongst the community. And we know because of Jesus Christ, death does not have the final say, that there is always hope. It might not happen when we want or how we want, but there is always hope. Let's circle back real quick to, uh, to Jay, the third grade student that lost both of her parents. Jay's third grade teacher got her a journal and a small gift. Another teacher, one of Jay's former teachers, got her a necklace with a picture of her mother on the necklace. Jay is surrounded by a community of people that love and care for her. She's also uh, in the house reverse. and I'm gonna give you a quick side note. We started the Ron Clark house system at our school this year, where we have several different houses. Think Harry Potter. If you have any Harry Potter fans out there, think Harry Potter, okay? The, each house has a color, a logo, a theme, a chant, a focus, right? The idea is that each student is part of community because everyone, as Ron Clark would say, everyone needs a crew and a cause. So Jay is part of the house that I'm in as well, the house of the dreamers, and we have this little saying, when we say R-E-V, and everyone says R-E-V-E-U-R, is supposed to really pump up our house, and it's a lot of fun, and, but she has the people in her house, she has a classroom that supports her and loves her, and people at this school, she is surrounded by community. There's the hope that in the midst of death, That even though there's death around us, even though there's pain and hurt and mourning and loss, and it can be brutal, there's also life and there's also hope. For Jay, it's a community of people that will continue to love and support her through this difficult journey. Jesus says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He tells Martha, he says, those who believe in me will never die. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. There is life and resurrection, hope all around us. And if we're willing to grieve, if we're willing to open our eyes to the way that God is moving and working, we can see it. That even in the midst of death, even in the gut-wrenching pain of losing a loved one, eventually we can see hope and life and resurrection. Let's circle back to Kay as well. I want to prove that in the midst of life, there's death. Kay's mom's birthday was coming up and three students approached me and they said, Mr. Woodburn, can we talk to you in private? I said, sure. And they came to my desk and they said, you know how Kay's mom's birthday is coming up and how she had died? And I said, yes. And she said, we want to figure out a way that we can collect money to give her a gift or something on her mom's birthday. There it is, right? There's the, there's the hope that, it, that in the midst of life, in the midst of death, there is good. In the midst of bad and pain in this world, there can be so much good. That students were aware of the loss of another student. They wanted to go and support her. And even with death staring us down, there is good, there is hope, there is life. So, just as we had a moment to think about where we see pain in our lives or loss, I want you to take a moment to think about where you have experienced or where you see goodness. Where do you see life in the midst of pain and suffering? Where do you see the life-giving hope that keeps us moving forward, following the message of Jesus? Death had Lazarus all bound up. Death had a community of people grieving, as it should. And death had a community mourning and caused Jesus to weep and greatly disturbed in spirit. But so there is also life all around us. There is also beauty. If we're willing to open our eyes and see the beauty among the pain the joy in the grieving. Where do you see hope in the midst of grieving and death? Where do you see life in the pain? One of my favorite things to do at a funeral service, and it's usually at the gravesite, is to read Psalm 23 and to comfort um, those who are there, to remember that God is with us. That God is all around us, amen? That God is near us, that God goes with us. Another thing that we do in my class that you did today is called choral reading. It's to help with reading fluency and pace. And so we're gonna do that for Psalm 23. I would like for you to join with me. Uh, The words should be on the screen. And let us read this together, three, two, and one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long.